The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowds, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jesus proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then, dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will, be th they will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
Well, the parables just keep coming. Last Sunday, this Sunday, we got one after another, after another, after another. One beautiful image after another, after another. Jesus is, is big into teaching by way of parables, and these last few weeks, we get plenty of them. They're almost like, like lightning bolts coming out of Jesus' heart. They flash for a moment, and they, they lighten up the dark of the night and allow us to see the kingdom of heaven here on this earth, just how it is that God works with us, how it is God sees things, how it is God acts in our world. Each parable having its own little take on the beautiful mystery of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, as Matthew calls it. They're beautiful little stories, each one of them with a powerful lesson, of course. And as it says, those who have ears ought to listen, ought to hear, pay attention, in other words. Well, there's, there's three today. There were three or four last week. Next week, there'll probably be more. But today's seems to have one that's particularly important because Jesus goes to extra lengths to explain it. It's the, the, the parable, the simple parable of the guy who sows the beautiful seed of wheat in his, in his field and it's good wheat. He's paid good money for this seed. It doesn't have grass and weeds mixed in with it and, and it's great. He's going to have a good crop. There's nothing to deter it. Until, of course, some evil person, some dastardly person comes forward in the middle of the night and sows bad seed in the middle of it, weeds, and, and it all sort of grows up together. The problem is, of course, that when they're young plants, you can't really tell the difference. And when they get a little bit older, their roots kind of mix into each other. And so when they discover that this has happened, you know, his servants, his slaves come to him and say, what are we supposed to do? Let's, let's, let's clean it up now for you. And he says, no, 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 no. If you do that now, you risk pulling up the good stuff along with the bad stuff. You know, the weeds and the wheat are mixed together. That's the way it is. And so let's wait until harvest and then we'll separate them. And then we'll throw the bad stuff into the fire and we'll harvest the good stuff. And we'll all have plenty to eat in the kingdom of heaven. It's a great little story, and it's clear that there's two good lessons in this story. The first is the forbearance, really the patience of God. You know, we know that the, the guy who sows the seed is representing God, is representing Jesus, the Son of Man, coming to, to us. And, and, and he's patient, unlike his servants and his slaves who want to get in there and, and do the judging and the deciding between the weeds and the wheat and pull them out right away. He says, no. Nah, Tranquilo, calm. Let's, let's wait and see. Let's take our time with this. There's no rush. In fact, it'll be better if we wait until the harvest to separate the weeds from the, from the, from the, the wheat. And we all know, of course, early on that the weeds represent, you know, evil people. The wheat represent good people, the children of the kingdom of heaven. And so what Jesus is saying is God is very, very patient. You know, God has got time to let this thing unfold. God's patience with human beings and their frailty and their sinfulness and their stupidities and their lack of faith and confidence in him, all of that, God is really, really patient because he's a merciful and loving God and he's going to take the time to, to tend that field as long as it takes to get that wheat up and growing and ready for harvest. God's patience, God's forbearance is great. That's an important lesson for us. That's what God is like. But there's also not just forbearance in this story, there's also a forewarning. 
You know, Jesus makes it very clear that at the end of the story, when, when everything is done, when it's time for the harvest at the end of the ages, as he explains to his disciples, well, there will be a kind of judgment that the consequences of having lived either a good life, a holy life, a life following the way of Jesus, a kingdom of heaven kind of life, or having lived a life of evil doing will have its consequences. The evildoers, will, it'll be easier at the end to see who they are, to know who they are, and of course, they will have dried themselves up by their evil doing. They won't be green and fresh. They won't be able to give nourishment to anyone else. They will be dead. And then it'll be easy to separate them from those who belong to the kingdom of heaven. Well, okay, there's a warning there. Jesus is telling his listeners, be careful. Be attentive. Listen with your ears really well to this, this, this parable because in the end there are consequences for evil doing. Even though I'm patient now, even though I'm forbearing now, at the end, be careful. The problem is Jesus does not specify who the weeds are and who the wheat are. And our, when we hear this, our first presumption is, well, the weeds are clearly the bad people of this world. You know, they're the people who break the commandments. They're the people who don't follow the way of God. They're the people who don't go to church or the synagogue. They're the people who, who are, who, who, who um, you know, murder and people who do bad stuff and prostitutes and tax collectors and all those people that are dirty and who've sinned and therefore have terrible diseases like leprosy. That's who the weeds are. And the, the wheat is the good people, the people who pray, the people who go to temple, go to church, go to synagogue, the people who try to live good lives, who aren't meddling around and, you know, selling drugs to other people, people who, who aren't breaking the sixth commandment, the people, oh, it goes on and on and on. It's, it's pretty easy to see, we think. But we know from Jesus' life, from the rest of the Gospels, that actually Jesus has an affinity for the sinners that we would think would be the wheat. Jesus loves the lepers and he cures them and heals them, even though everybody thinks they're lepers or they're blind or they're crippled because they have sinned. Jesus pays special attention to the people who come to him, who've broken every commandment there is to break, and yet come to him with a desire to change their lives and to be touched by him. Jesus calls some of the worst of the worst, the tax collectors who are hanging around with Romans, he calls them to be his followers. So perhaps the weeds in this story are not the usual suspects. And perhaps the wheat aren't either. Again, our presumption is the wheat are the, you know, the holy people, the people who, who do everything right in life, the people who've got it all kind of figured out. And, and again, Jesus' life as it unfolds in the Gospels, very often it is precisely these people the people who dedicate themselves to studying the law, 
to people who dedicate themselves to, to preaching the way of God and saying you do this and you don't do that. The people who offer the sacrifices in the temple, the priests and the high priests, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the students of the law. In the Gospels, very often, those are the ones who are actually planning to kill Jesus. It's possible that the holy ones, the ones who have everything figured out, the ones who are righteous and just and prayerful and offering sacrifices to God, perhaps they are so convinced of their holiness and so convinced of their righteousness and so convinced that they are the wheat of, of Israel that they become arrogant and proud and they look down on everyone else to the point where Jesus himself is a threat to them because he cuts through their arrogance. He shows the people who they really are. Perhaps it is these people who are the weeds that have been sown in this beautiful field of the kingdom of heaven. And, and if that is so, then both the consoling message of God's forbearance is great news for all of us, but also that forewarning is meant to touch us as well, because it is very, very easy for us to begin to say, you know, I'm pretty good at this prayer business. I'm pretty good at living the commandments. I'm not breaking any big commandments. I have a few little sins, but they're not big ones. I'm pretty holy. I've, I've kind of got this life thing figured out. I, I understand who God is. I can kind of manage God. Aren't I wonderful? Aren't I great? Aren't I just almost perfect? Almost like God himself. And when that attitude slips into our own lives, then that forewarning that Jesus gives to his disciples also, of course, applies to us. Even as he's speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests and the high priests of the temple, he's also, of course, through the ages, speaking to us. Beware. Understand God's forbearance is great, but there are consequences for a particular kind of evil. Not the evil of breaking the commandments day in and day out, but the evil of arrogance, the evil of presumption, the evil of thinking that I have already got myself saved and I can look down on all those other sinners and say, ah, you guys, too bad for you. I'm going to heaven. You're not. That kind of judgmentalism is, is the evil seed that so easily gets planted in the hearts of any of us and all of us. And therefore, this parable that Jesus tells, so simple, so clear, and really so beautiful, is meant also to be a warning to all of us, to beware of the bad seed of those Pharisees and Sadducees and scholars of the law, those holier than thou's, those priests of the temple who offer all the sacrifices perfectly, but whose hearts have become hardened by their own self-pride, by their arrogance, and maybe most of all, by their judgmentalism of others.
When Jesus says at the end of his explanation, if you have ears to hear, hear. Listen, pay attention. God's forbearance and patience with sinners is great as great can be. But if we persist in arrogance, if we persist in uh, worshiping ourselves as holy people, if we look down on others as the sinners in this operation, then very, very likely when all is said and done at the end of times when the harvest is collected, we may be the weeds. We may find ourselves desiccated and heartless and without life and good for nothing but to be put on the fire. <laughs> That's not what we want, of course. And so we have to pay attention to our inner life. Uh, we have to pay attention to the fact that, that we are indeed sinners and we need God and that we're no better than anyone else and we have no right to look down on anyone else and presume that they're the sinners and we're the holy people. If we are to be the wheat in the field of the kingdom of God, as Jesus tells in this beautiful little story, then we have to take seriously that beautiful prayer we say every time we gather here, before we do anything else, is, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For we know we are sinners and we need God. We can't save ourselves. We have no right to judge anyone else. We have no right to presume in our own holiness. If you have ears to hear, Jesus says, then hear. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, indeed, have mercy. <laughs>